How can music change what we think of an experience? Think of the last restaurant you went to. Did they play pop music from the last 10 years? Maybe that helped you think the food will be fast, cheap, and served in a brown paper bag. Did they play smooth jazz? Maybe that helped you think the food will take a while, be expensive, and be served on a silver platter. The music helped change what you thought of the experience. How can that idea work in something like a movie? Imagine, you watch a movie that straddles the line between two genres, but the music focused on just one of those genres. And by the time the movie was over, you forgot there was more than one genre to the movie. That's not just an imaginary experience, that's something that actually happens when we watch some movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to Song Appeal, where we dive into your favorite songs to answer the question, why do we like the music we like? I'm your host, Hunter Ferris, and on today's episode, let's take a look at one reason why we like the main themes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can find this episode's transcript, references, and links to hear the themes at songappealofficial.com mcu. That's M as in Marvel, C as in cinematic, and U as in universe. Thanks so much to my patrons for making this show possible. If you want to help support this show and get great perks like the full versions of the interviews and exclusive minisodes, visit patreon.com songappeal. If you like this analysis of movies and music, check out Keynotes, a long-form podcast that analyzes in-depth the innovative ways that music is used in film. In the past, the show's run episodes on Planet of the Apes and Blade Runner, and its most recent series is on the music in Alfred Hitchcock films. You can listen to Keynotes, that's K-I-N-O-T-E-S, on your favorite podcasting app. This episode will be spoiler free. Have you ever wondered how a composer chooses what tune they should use for a theme? I know I have. Imagine for a moment. Composer Alan Silvestri and director Joss Whedon have just agreed that their movie, The Avengers, should have a main theme. And now, Alan Silvestri needs to write the tune for that theme. How did he choose this? A few years later, composer Tyler Bates had to come up with a theme for Guardians of the Galaxy. How did he choose? One possible answer. Those main themes affect how we think of the movies. Most of us define superhero movie as a movie with a superhero as a main character. But movies start to feel like superhero movies when they start to do what superhero stories usually do. And nobody's analyzed what superhero stories do quite like Peter Coogan. I'm Peter Coogan. I've been teaching comics and superheroes now for about two decades at Webster University and Washington University in St. Louis. This guy definitely knows superheroes. In fact, he literally wrote the book on the topic, titled Superhero the secret origin of a genre. So if anyone can tell us what makes people think that's a superhero, it's Peter Coogan. In genre, you have conventions of plot, 
character, setting, icon, theme, and effect. So if you use the typical conventions of a superhero movie, origin stories, dead relatives, third act final fight scenes, people are going to feel like it's a superhero movie. But there's one important convention that's subtle enough for us to overlook it. A specific type of musical theme. You see, the MCU has distilled the modern superhero theme down to its purest form. Then, Marvel used our psychological associations around this music so the themes could make their movies feel like superhero movies. In short, the movie's tune changes the movie's tone. I realized there was a modern superhero theme the first time I heard the Thor Ragnarok theme. I was struck by how similar it was to the Spider-Man Homecoming theme. don't sound very similar in their instruments or in the music behind the melody, but if you just take their melodies and play them on piano, well, here's the Thor Ragnarok theme. And here's the Spider-Man Homecoming theme. That's when I realized that there's a modern style of superhero theme. I expected the modern superhero theme to sound like the Superman March. After all, that's the classic piece of hero music from the first superhero movie. But the modern superhero theme has evolved, and now it acts more like the X-Men theme. These are tunes that rarely, if ever, play the same note twice in a row. They use extremely simple rhythms, and they emphasize the first, third, and fifth notes of the minor scale. Before the MCU, modern superhero themes followed these patterns, but they were a lot looser about it. The theme from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy rarely, if ever, played the same note twice. It kept the simple rhythm, but it focused more on the first, second, and seventh notes of its minor scale. The Incredibles theme rarely used the same note twice, if ever, focused on the first, third, and fifth notes on its minor scale, but its rhythms were a bit more complicated. In fact, out of the 30 superhero movies that came out between X-Men and Iron Man, exactly half of them used some variation on this type of main theme. But when the MCU started using these melodies, it seemed like their composers took those three principles and made them their rulebook. No more variations, they distilled this theme down to its essence and somehow created a new theme with these qualities almost every time they made a new movie. You can hear this type of theme in Iron Man 1, 
every Avengers movie. Iron Man 3. Thor The Dark World. Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians 2. The new Avengers theme in Age of Ultron. Civil War. Doctor Strange. Spider-Man Homecoming. Ragnarok. than half of the MCU using this type of superhero theme. After decades of hearing these themes at the same time as watching superhero movies, and only while we watched superhero movies, we started to mentally associate the music with the movie. This is kinda like the musical version of Pavlov's Dog. This sort of classical conditioning definitely wasn't intentional, after all it spanned dozens of composers and decades of movies, and it definitely wasn't malicious, but it was effective. But these themes take Pavlov's Dog and classical conditioning so much further. This isn't just associating one piece of music with one movie. This goes into the realm of stimulus generalization, where we have the same response even if the stimulus changes a bit. Like if Pavlov rang a different bell for his dog and it still salivated. Remember that episode of The Office where Jim used classical conditioning to get Dwight to expect a mint every time he heard that one computer noise? Imagine if Jim pulled up a different computer noise and Dwight still wanted a mint. That's stimulus generalization. And the best part is, this isn't something that needs to be intentional. It just naturally comes with classical conditioning. That's why Marvel doesn't need to give us the same theme to every movie. They can give us a theme that's similar enough to the other superhero themes we've heard for the last two decades, and we'll still associate it with the superhero genre. 
that helps tip the scales toward these movies feeling like superhero movies. After all, the superhero genre has always been hybrid. In particular? That's one of the things that Marvel does that's interesting. They really try to hook each of their films to some other genre. Spider-Man Homecoming is probably the best example of this. It acts like an 80s high school movie. It just keeps getting interrupted in a way that the first Spider-Man movie didn't. But we think of it as a superhero movie with elements of an 80s high school comedy, not the other way around. Why? Partly because it uses that superhero style theme. Doctor Strange balances superhero movie and martial arts fantasy movie a la Jackie Chan to the point that you could say the plot is Doctor House goes to Hogwarts. You could think of it as a superhero movie, you could think of it as a martial arts fantasy movie, it really could go either way. But what makes us think this is a superhero movie is the main theme. Even James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, said that he considers Guardians 1 to be a space opera, like Star Wars and Star Trek, but we still think of it as a superhero movie. Why? That's why. And Infinity War acts like a superhero movie and a classical epic, the kind of thing Homer might have written but from the point of view of the Harpies, the Sirens, and the Cyclopses. It really could go either way, and the music tips the scales towards us thinking of it as a superhero movie. And those are just a few of the examples of Marvel movies that straddle the line between superhero movie and some other genre in just the right way so that you could think of it either way. The Marvel movies, they do a good job of incorporating a range of genres so that they can appeal to the broadest audiences. So when Marvel needs us to think of it as a superhero movie, they give us a superhero theme. And when Marvel needs us to think of this as a superhero movie mixed with something else, like in Ant-Man, they give us a theme that emphasizes the other genre. The music helps tip the scales towards one genre or the other. It seems to me that the MCU has perfected the modern superhero theme and learned what our association is with this type of theme so they can perfect the art of letting the movie's tune change the movie's tone. This isn't learn the rules so you can break them, this is learn the rules so you can exploit them. That led me to wonder, how does the MCU exploit this quote-unquote rule? Why do they use this in certain movies? This style of superhero theme can make sure that completely different movies all have the same tone. 
Kevin Feige, the guy in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, said, and I'm quoting here, from a genre perspective, they're all very unique. Civil War may as well be a different genre from Age of Ultron. Close quote. So, Marvel uses their music to make the movies all feel like they're in the same vein. Because sometimes, these movies need to feel like they're part of a larger world. Doctor Strange is a very standalone movie. If the music hadn't given it the MCU feel, he would have shown up in Ragnarok and Infinity War and it would have felt like Luke Skywalker just showed up. Awesome! But really confusing. That's one of the major differences between Marvel music and, say, the Superman March. No Marvel movie stands alone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's always connected to the other. The Superman theme had to stand alone, whereas the Avengers theme doesn't. The Avengers theme is part of this larger thing. On the other hand, some MCU movies need to feel like their own thing, instead of one chapter in a larger narrative. Ant-Man, Black Panther, The Incredible Hulk, even Winter Soldier each need to feel like their own stories, so they use different tunes to give different tones. Some people criticize the MCU's music for not being memorable, but I think its forgettability is its greatest strength. The music subconsciously changes how we think of these movies individually and how we think of them in the larger context of the MCU. And if we notice that effect, it might not work as well. You see, the power of music is so much deeper than the power to change our mood. The power of music is so much deeper than the power of the music's genre. Something as simple as the melody can be powerful enough to change how we think of an experience, if there's meaning in that melody. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, check out songappealofficial.com for more episodes. Thanks so much to my patrons for making this show possible. If you want to support this show and get some great perks, including access to the full interview with Peter Coogan, visit patreon.com slash songappeal. You can find more from Peter Coogan in his books Superhero, The Secret Origins of a Genre, and What is a Superhero? If you like this analysis of the psychological effects of music, check out Coursera's program, Music as Biology, What We Like to Hear and Why, at bit.ly slash musicasbiology. Again, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk with you soon. In the meantime, have a great day, and enjoy your music.